After the success of Facing the Giants, Sherwood Pictures set out to make their next film. Armed with a budget of $500,000, the filmmakers joined forces with Kirk Cameron to tell a story about marriage. That was Fireproof. And this is Godfellas! Welcome to Godfellas, the small group that meets online. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Brandon. And today we will be talking about the movie that potentially revolutionized Christian cinema, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. (laughs) So it's been been a minute since you've heard from uh, the Godfellas, but we are back. And we, this year, you know what? I decided... We're going to give you the big movies this year. We're going to give you the big topics. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, mm-hmm. we are kicking it off with uh, a movie starring the one and only Kirk Cameron. But before we get into Kirk Cameron, ladies and gentlemen, let your hearts be glad because today we are joined by a fantastic guest. She is a singer. She is a writer. She is a poet. She's also an amazing public speaker, a very powerful woman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Miss Hannah Furman. Hey, hello. <laughs> I didn't think about what I was going to say. I should have. Zach um, gives the absolute best intros. That was, I feel quite special. Thank you. <laughs> well, well that's, the, that's the goal is that everyone... That's how I trick people to coming on the show. Yeah. They're just like, is he going to give me that nice intro? I'll do it. <laughs> and, and then you're thinking to yourself, man, I need to live up to that now. Like, I need to be everything that he says I am. Yes. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> just it's wait. downfall from here. Just wait. No, no, no. Wait until the episode where I get to introduce Brandon finally. Ooh, I would love that. I love hearing about myself. Tell me. <laughs> As we learned from Fireproof. But, but no, so, um, so Hannah, actually, we've been talking with you about coming on this show Specifically for this movie for like a year now. Yeah. And I was interested in your opinion based on uh, what you do for a living. So uh, would you like to tell the audience about what it is that you do for work currently? Yes. So I work at a nonprofit as their sort of community educator, so to say. So what I do is I teach sexual violence prevention curriculum to students in like my immediate county where I work. And basically what that looks like is just, we talk about healthy relationships, boundaries, uh, what it means when someone crosses your boundaries. Um, if something happens, help and resources you can find. And also just really laying that foundation of you're allowed to say no, you're allowed to tell people what you like and don't like, and that you should stick to that and put your needs first. And talk about being a bystander, too. If you see something, interrupt it, stop it, say something, right. empower them that way, too. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, I mean, obviously, very important work that you're doing. And also, I know that, you know, you're a singer and you're a worship leader, too. And you, you grew up in the church, correct? I did, yes. My parents are pastors, so I grew up... Um, 
going to church every Sunday, programs during the week. Um, thankfully, I fell in love with the Lord along the way. Still mm. in that, you know, relationship, which is great. Good. <laughs> my healthy relationship with the Lord and then my Savior. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, question for you again. Um, you've just talked about what it is that you do for a living, talking about, you know, healthy relationships and things like that. Um, so do you feel like your faith impacts that element of your work? And if so, how? Yeah. Um, you know, I think in a way it's more about breaking sort of stigmas and structures that I felt like I kind of grew up with. Um, my background's in social work and I studied a little bit of sociology in college as well. And I think that really helped me verbalize feelings I had about, um, just relationships in my own life, you know, my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with my family, with my friends, and then of course also dating relationships. And I think too, in the church, just going to get spicy for a moment. We often kind of really limit women to just kind of being a good wife, raising children and not always the case, but that can be something that happens. And some people love that and that's great. And it's a great part of women, but there's also more to that. There's more of a well-rounded perspective. I think sometimes we miss out on. And so going and studying like um, social science and talking about like, well, why things like, why are things the way that they are? Let's talk about how we got here. Let's talk about what it means. Let's talk about these structures and kind of breaking down to like, what is sexual violence? What is the meaning of gender-based violence? Um, and, and breaking down those things and talking about how human relationships are impacted in that, our behaviors, our feelings, our thoughts, and those connections. And, and why do people hurt people in that way? Um, how does gender play into that? How does faith play into that? Mm. Working through that, I think talking about all those things and all those classes and, and just real life experience too now in my job, I think it's helped me really most above all, like kind of verbalized feelings I never thought I had. And I think it does impact my faith. And I think that my faith, believing that, um, you know, I serve a good, loving, caring, and gentle God who views me as a person and as his creation rather than just what I'm limited to or what I can offer mm. is incredible. And I want to bring that, you know, to my job as well and, and helping people, um, especially because I work with um, students from all schools. So it could be a private Christian school. It could be just a public university or public high school. And just really, you know, emphasizing to the students that like, yes you are allowed to have a healthy relationship. I want you to feel safe in your relationship because you are an incredible person mm. and you deserve to feel good about yourself. Mm. So, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of echoes for everyone, you know, and everyone listening to the show, you're a valuable person and, you know, you deserve to be listened to and heard, you know. Yeah, Hannah, that's really cool. I was, I was thinking to myself, probably a, a big part of that is equipping these young ladies and even, you know, fellas uh, and giving them like the ability to identify these uh, abusive relationships. And some people, you know, find themselves in relationships that are abusive and they don't even realize it's happening to them. And also giving them like a vocabulary to use when yeah. these things happen. And I'm sure you see things like that all the time and you're able to, you know, apply um, things like that. But uh yeah, I find that actually really fascinating, and um, it's probably uh, quite the calling, if you will, mm. um, and very rewarding. Yeah. I think there's sort of a, a, a 
a weird thing too, even in my like own social work, like program of like, you know, like be prepared. You're going to have like really like tiring days, but you know, you're, you're made for this kind of work and still think like there are days where like, you know, I'm working with students and I'm hearing stories and I'm like, this is tough to hear. Mm. And then there are some days where you kind of just, you can stay sort of like, I don't want to say out of it emotionally, but you're able to listen to it, take it in process it, but still be able to kind of keep that calm presence that someone needs um, when talking about this. So, yeah. And I love what you said, Brandon, about it helps build that vocabulary. Vocabulary. Oh my <laughs> goodness. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, which I definitely agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in the church, it's important for us to kind of define what healthy relationships look like. And that was the goal of the movie that we are going to talk <laughs> about today. Yeah. <laughs> So before we we get started, do you, do you remember where you were when this movie came out, Brandon? No, thank goodness, I don't. I do not. It, honestly, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay, so yeah, I do remember where I was, and I was definitely not in a place where this is something I would have found myself watching. I, not that I was, you know, in a bad place. I just have had a pretty hard stance against watching movies like this, Christian media, you know. Low budget, Kirk Cameron. I mean, Kirk Cameron, <laughs> the the, dar, the darling of the Christian movie, mm. makes another one. And you know, I like Kirk Cameron. I I loved Growing Pains. I thought he was pretty great on that. But he did the whole you know switch over. And I think I saw Left Behind was the first movie I saw with him. <laughs> And um, th- that was like, I don't know. It was it was quite an experience. I'll say that. And yeah. I feel like everything after that was a step down. It just kept traveling in a a downward tra- trajectory for him. Yeah, I would say he kind of has this air about him in Left Behind in this movie, which is like not I'm too good to be here, but like an air of I'm doing you a favor by lending sure. my name to this film. <laughs> and I feel like he rode his growing pain uh, coattails into all these roles. And then, of course, you know, the Christian studios were like, ooh, we got Kirk Cameron. I was like, man, that might have worked like once. Right. But after a while and all you've got is growing pain, pains on your resume, it's like you <laughs> not a lot going on. You know, like it, yeah. it, the first one was fine, but I don't know. Yeah, just not sure. not a whole lot of um, ability there anymore, I feel like. Right. And, and let's let's talk about the one of the things about this movie when it came out. I remember seeing some of it and going, it doesn't look very good. And people telling mm-hmm. me that that wasn't a fair criticism because the movie cost $500,000 to make, which if you that don't know movie lingo, that's nothing. Like $500,000 is nothing. But then when you take into account that the only actor who was paid was Kirk Cameron and oh that my. all of their sets were donated, that all of their locations were donated, every actor is a volunteer. Like the firehouse was a donated location. Like when you realize that how much they didn't pay for and that the movie that preceded this made $10 million, then I'm yeah. a little bit like, well, no, you don't get to then claim like you have to be nice to me because we didn't have the money. You know what I mean? Hold on. Did Kirk Cameron make 500 grand on this? I don't know, but he I read he's the only actor who got paid and I'm sure he, you know, wasn't cheap. 
Goodness gracious. I mean, he was Kirk Cameron, <laughs> star of Growing Pains. So. <laughs> and Left Behind. And Left Behind. And that one episode of Full House. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, hmm. I, you know, I, I know right off the bat people, there was a rhetoric for a while of like, you can't judge this movie too harshly. But then I think like that argument in 2021 has just gone completely out the window. Because you look at movies that like A24 makes for like five cents. Yeah. And, they're like the greatest movies ever made. Right. So I am happy that we've moved away from the argument of, well, they don't have the money. It's like, mm, that's, you can make a good See, movie. Okay, like so my iPhone. thing is the money argument, that applies to like big set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to maybe load your cast, um, shooting on location. Like I'm thinking of things, if there was like CGI involved, like things that like you could really dump some money into. Um this is this is very, very stripped down. I mean, we have a few different sets, or you know, like there was there's a few different places they are. One of them's a campground, you know, outside. Um, Clearly, the church's backyard, right? So I'm thinking that isn't applicable here. Right. That is not that has nothing to do with the problems in this movie. The, right. the, the problem is not the low budget. Right. Well, I remember thinking, here's two things you should have spent money on, an editor and a script doctor, because we'll get into it, but the script for this movie, oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's one cliche after another. (laughs) It's like the characters speak exclusively in like, in metaphors, which is quite annoying. But so the movie, if you haven't seen it, is about a marriage between a firefighter and what? Is, what does she do at the hospital? She's like an administrative uh, assistant, yeah. or she, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Basically, she makes sure the doctors know their schedule and gets gets everywhere on time. Like that's yeah. what it seemed like to me. She yeah. is some type of administrative um, liaison between the doctors, yeah. and yeah. Right. Th- that and, seems right. And so it is essentially about a marriage that is falling apart. Now, the issue with the movie. My first issue is we never see the marriage work. So the movie is hoping that you're a Christian. The movie, you're, I think you rooting for the couple is 100% contingent on, I am a Christian here to see this movie and I don't think divorce is good. Like that's mm-hmm. the only reason you'd be rooting for this marriage because honestly, it's a te- <laughs> it's a terrible marriage. <laughs> so so Hannah, with your, with your expertise in this area, would you say that the relationship between... Kirk Cameron, I'm sorry, his name is Caleb Holt and his wife. Would you say that this is an abusive relationship? Abusive? Yes. Yes. In in what way? Um, I think emotionally and verbally. Um, there's a lot of manipulation and kind of bargaining of feelings. Ooh, in what way with the bargaining? Well, um, no, not to spoil, but if you're listening, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know. Something that really got me was like in the like first three minutes of the movie, you hear it's I believe her name is Catherine. The, yes, the, yes, it is. Yes, the wife. Um, you hear her say that she's really struggling because her mom had a stroke a year ago. She needs to visit her parents. They need new equipment. Um, you know, they need help right now. And whenever she mentions that, 
Caleb somehow finds a way to say, well, I'm a firefighter and that's rough because I save people, which I'm not saying that firefighting is easy, right. but she's saying like, I need help. My parents are hurting, right? And it's this kind of bargaining of like, oh, well you think, and, and that's manipulation as well. Like, right. yeah, you think your feelings are hard. Well, I, try being a firefighter. That's hard. Where it's right. like, we're not even talking about that. Right. We're talking about like, and, and something too it's just this dynamic that Caleb has of like, I need respect from my wife. Sure. I need respect from her. And the way that he kind of makes fun of her throughout the film, or at least the first half of, of not giving her respect and, oh, she's probably crying with her friends right now and doing a group <laughs> hug. And then it cuts to them crying. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. gets a laugh. That's, that's for comedy, but I think is a little like, yikes, you know? Yeah. And it just does not seem to be, they, they they really don't listen to each other. Mm. And, you know, I, I think there are moments, too, where Catherine, she really needs to ease up on him. I think that she's just, her heart is so hardened and, and you know, she's not really, like, sometimes he just asks, like, what you have for breakfast? And she's like, well, I had the last bagel. <laughs> I had the last bagel. <laughs> but you get it. They, they're not really yeah. happy with each other. And I think going back to your point about, like, the, the, you don't sh- you don't see the marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? It starts to write off when it's rocky. And I think that'd be fine. But throughout the film, the only thing they say about their marriage beforehand was like, we were in love once. Mm. Okay. Right. And the little girl wanted to marry her daddy when she was a, a yeah, kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what? Like, and, and you're just, you just think that fixing your marriage is going to be like, this is what love is rather than right. in what ways do you love her? In what ways do you love him? Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, like, thinking about each other. Right. And, and you know, sure. that's where it really sticks out to me. So, so Brandon, as a married man, mm-hmm. uh, you are, in my estimation, a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. <laughs> what do you think of the marriage in this movie? By the way, was that my intro? Because those are yeah. two great things to live yeah. up to. I mean, <laughs> well, you, well, I mean, you that, would are. Work, always, that would work great as, as an intro. Obviously. Well, you're always like, you know, you're not bragging because that sounds negative, but like, you're always like really proud of your kids and you know, you're proud of your wife. You're a great supporter of your family. Like I would never compare you to Kirk Cameron in, in this movie, you know? And <laughs> well, I feel like you. the movie is kind of like saying like, guys, you feel this way. Right. And I was like, I, gosh, I certainly hope you're not like screaming in your wife's face to shut up in the kitchen. But like, so I'm Um, curious, like what you think about this relationship? Well, first of all, I appreciate what you said. I, you know, that does mean a lot uh, to me. And um, I do take my relationship with my wife and uh, my role as a parent very seriously. And I feel like um, this movie does a poor job of showing maturity. And I think Mm. what we're lacking in this relate in this in this relationship is maturity of any kind. I think the fights seem so silly. The it seems like a couple of college kids. I see you, you know, left me no decide, pizza. Decide. I see you left me no pizza. First of all, le- I want to point out the fact that she ate an entire pizza by herself. Just to spite them. There was no one else in and the then house. Lit a candle. She she ate the whole thing. Anyway, that that's neither here nor there. <laughs> the fights, where these fights started, were in such silly places. I really feel like what they needed was someone to come in there and like smack them both a couple of times and be like, "Hey, just <laughs> settle down for a second. Settle down." Yeah. You know, like th- this didn't. You know, and, and I don't want to take away from anything you said, Hannah, but because I no, do believe right that all of those things, all of those things do apply here. But it just felt, and maybe it's the the acting 
or something. I it just so. felt super silly. Like you guys are getting in arguments over nothing. Can you <laughs> stop, stop talking about that? Hey, you let her know if you're coming home for dinner. You yeah. <laughs> don't eat the whole pizza. You like, it was just like, Hey, we need, we just need a hole monitor in here a little bit just to dot, you know, get the temperature back down to like a normal level. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just needed a breather. It felt like we need his friend from the firehouse to move, who speaks exclusively <laughs> in cliches to move in with them. I, I was a little, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Do it. I was a little uncomfortable with the use of how African-Americans were portrayed in this movie. I agree. I was a little uncomfortable with that. Mm. The two two female friends were (laughs) a little stereotypical, maybe a lot stereotypical. Yeah, Yeah, Um, I I thought that too. The the friend, his friend, his uh, co-worker, fire department, eh, it was was whatever. But her two friends at the hospital – yeah. That was getting dangerously close to a stereotype. And right. well, um because you know the director is just like, right, right, uh-huh. Everyone's gonna <laughs> love this. Yes. Oh gosh. I was watching that. And I was like, I don't think they know what they're doing here. Like, I don't right. think I don't quite think they realize what they're doing and how they're portraying uh these two women. Um I think back to the the big fight, and I think it is the one yes. where she had eaten all the pizza. Um, <laughs> All of the pizza. She well, ate it all. Well, well, can I? So with that scene, I was. Just pettiness. Pettiness yeah, well, is, is, I think, the word I was dancing around. Everything right. was petty. So there's a thing in screenwriting. Screenwriting people will know this. It's called Save the Cat, which is a moment where your hero, if they're going to do, because, you know, in a movie or whatever, your character's going to have to do unlikable things at one point. So early on, you need to establish they're a good person. How do you do that? You have them, you know, the term save a cat. They save a cat out of a tree. Sure. They help an old lady cross the street. There's a scene in this movie in the middle where Kirk Cameron saves a little girl from a burning building, and it's hands down the best scene in the movie. That should have been your opening scene so that we at least like something about Kirk Cameron because the problem is... The actress in this movie who plays his wife is not very good. But when he, but when he slams the cabinet door shut and screams, shut up, I'm sick of you, you ungrateful, selfish, disrespectful woman, and is like has her pinned against the wall and is screaming in her face, there is genuine terror in this lady's eyes. And like, if you're on the receiving end of this relationship, like, get out. Like, run, run. I totally agree. I think the... <laughs> punishment did not fit the crime, if you will, in this situation. First of all, the acting. Kirk Cameron was at like a 26. He was dialed all the way up. And she was was back down at like a five. You know, like he was way over the top in this this argument. Whatever. We'll, We'll let that slide. I feel like his overreaction even made me like, cemented the fact in my mind that everything that has happened was like a misunderstanding or just downright pettiness. There, there was, there was no like real, um, there's no like real issues. It it feels like they just got annoyed with each other and they just like were, they love pushing each other's buttons, love lighting each other's fuses. It, yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I completely agree. Even though I still analyzed it and was like, yeah, Okay, this is where I see, because I almost see, like, 
too, even these problems that are practically nothing. I see in the script that Catherine is putting out what she wants. Like in the first scene where they're fighting, she's saying like, you put $24,000 away for a boat we don't use when we need stuff around the house. He's like, okay, well, what stuff needs to be fixed around the house? And she's like, well, I want to put more shelves up. Our back door needs to be fixed. Like I've told you this before. So she's making it known like we've talked about this before. And then I think it was later or at least that's where it is in my notes, um, <laughs> where she, she says, I want you to communicate with me. Mm-hmm. So she's putting out there like, this is what I want. I want right. you to communicate mm-hmm. with me. And his mm-hmm. response is, why do you have to make everything so difficult? So, yeah. you know. Right, He's like right a big to a 13 year old. Yeah. Just blows right past her. You don't let me eat pizza. You don't let me look, look this, at my bowl. She could have left pizza. But it does seem up. like a couple of college kids that moved in with each other too quickly. Yeah. And then they realize they don't like each other. Like that. Right. that's what it felt like to me. Not like a marriage built on love and right. faith and Anything. It doesn't feel like any of those things. Right. Well, well. so this movie also, um, content warning, we're going to get a little adult here for a second. The movie kind of pretends to deal with the issue that uh, Kirk Cameron has a struggle with pornography, which sure. I thought there, there was a moment that like I found almost moving, the sentiment where she says essentially like, when you look at that, it makes me feel like devalued. And I was like, gosh, that is a powerful moment. But unfortunately, which I I think, you know, I've not been in a relationship where I've experienced that. But, you know, I can imagine that that's probably an issue in, you know, some or many marriages and relationships. And it feels like the movie is almost too scared to deal with it because they don't want to lose that PG rating. So my thing is, like, if you're not going to deal with this very mature, you know, topic, why bring it up? I'm, I don't know. I'd, be, I'd love to, to hear what we all think about this. Yeah, I feel like something like an addiction to pornography does have the ability to just decimate a marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think that's true. I feel like, though, it's it's meant to just kind of fill in all the extra space in this movie between like the problems you're seeing on screen and them getting a divorce. Cause we're looking at this and like, eh, she didn't leave him dinner. And you know, they, they, they need to get on the same page about their finances. That's right. for darn sure. They absolutely oh, yeah. need to get oh, on their goodness. same, get on the same page about that. But between like no pizza, I want a divorce. There's like a lot of space. <laughs> so I feel like, Pornography is used as a tool to fill in 30,000 feet of, of headspace. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like it yeah. is, yeah, it's the big agree. bad in this, in this movie. And it's, it's honestly done pretty poorly. Um, but whatever. I mean, I feel like it is too, it is potentially too big of a problem to, to just sidestep like that, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree, Brandon, that like, it, it seems like it's a way to make their, other problems seem more legitimate. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, they're fighting. Well, he struggles with pornography. So, you know, but like. <laughs> trash, they call it in the movie. Yeah, that, tr- that trash on the computer, <laughs> um, which is a way of saying it. And, sure. uh, and yes, a very, yes. you know, like, a, I think calm way of saying it. But again, like thinking also, this movie was made in what, 2007, 2008, where yeah. we didn't, you know, necessarily put out as many like. Um, warnings or, or talk about like sensitivity around strong language. So, I, you know, I think it was like an approachable way to bring it. But yeah, I don't know if it fully goes into like um, all the details that make it 
um, kind of a really sensitive topic. And that could be really powerful. I thought the same thing about when she says like, you know, I don't, if that's how you get your fulfillment, that's okay. But that's not what I'm going to try to be. Like, I'm not Mm going to act a certain way when we're intimate to like fulfill Mm -hmm. that for you. I'm not going to be that person for you. And I think that was a really powerful part. I wish they expanded upon it more. Yeah, then it just cuts to Kirk Cameron with his baseball bat annihilating his trash can. You know, because like, sorry that, Poor that Mr. was too Robertson. intense. <laughs> time, yeah. time for a joke, everybody. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They followed up Which, with the humor. Yeah. I did chuckle every, every time we saw his neighbor. Like, just <laughs> I staring knew you at would. him. <laughs> it was funny. It was like one of the few parts I actually laughed at. When I saw um, the American flag flapping at the beginning, I was just like, oh, Brandon mm, is in for a treat. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. I, I will say, and at, th- at two hours long, this movie, it, it kind of felt, it felt endless. And so there is kind of the sense like, well, when would you fit in, you know, time for that discussion? And it's easy. You cut out all the dumb comedic relief in this movie because mm-hmm. this movie dedicates five minutes of its t- of its runtime to a scene where Kirk Cameron drinks hot sauce against hot like sauce. the probably the guy who's the local youth pastor who's like yeah I'll be in your movie who's like really trying to be funny and oh boy <laughs> he, he's he's the Chris Farley wannabe in this movie yeah <laughs> he is, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah also this movie's not it's not funny who can drink I, hot sauce I think faster? some of the scenes at the firehouse were valuable I think. He runs his firehouse amazingly. Like, you know, yeah. he's respected. He runs yeah. a tight ship. You know, he has sage advice for uh I don't I don't know what were his underlings. I mean, like he he does um a great job leading this firehouse. Yeah. I think if nothing else, it shows that he has the capability in like th- there is something there. And um, this is this is one thing. This is one place where he puts his time. Yes. I think if nothing else, it shows the the contrast between he's clearly not putting any time in at home. You know, working on his relationship with his wife. Right. But he's he's absolutely he he's constantly working on his relationships. You know, at the firehouse and making sure everyone's getting along and respecting each other and doing the right thing. I think so. I think they are valuable. Yeah, we could have yeah. done without the the sipping of the hot sauce or the chugging hot sauce, but um, there was some value there. Yeah, I well, I actually had a note in my 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 little notes. I had a note in my notes um, that said like how he responds to his coworkers as a firefighter is a great example of how he should be responding right with his wife and same for her too. I think that there are. I I don't think that she is free from. Um, you know, like anything going wrong. I think she has her moments where, I mean, she flirts with another man while she's still married. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, she thought yeah. she was getting a divorce. She was preparing the papers, but still, like they were still married. And oh, yeah. she did not tell that doctor <laughs> yeah. she was married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he didn't tell her he was married, which was the there big was plot all twist in the movie. There was kinds of shadiness going on with, yeah, that triple, quadruple, love triangle, <laughs> square thing. You know, I didn't think the doctor was that bad of a guy. I hated that they made him married because yeah. he, like, he cared. He actually, like, set aside time to be like, how's your mom doing? Like, does your mom need stuff? Like, what's going on? What are you interested in? How yeah. can I make you laugh? He does nothing wrong. So I think, they're like, oh, no, we have to make, make this guy unlikable. Bad. Like, let's have him find his wedding band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. 
I agree. It would have been a little bit stronger if he hadn't been married. If he found out she was married when Caleb was in the hospital, I think that would have helped kind of flesh that out a little bit. Like there's a few things they could have done. And if he had even been like, I'm sorry, like this was, you know, I had no idea. I had no idea. This was not what I'm going to be about. Yes, I agree. I agree. So, so question um, for for both of you. What did you think of the... So the actual movie, again, if you haven't seen it, is Caleb's dad um, gives his son a 40-day love dare, which is like kind of 40 days. If your marriage is on the rocks, you do one thing from this book for 40 days, and there's like a scripture verse in there, and by day 40, your marriage is saved. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did we think of the 40-day uh, love, love dare? Well, here, here's the thing. I need to choose my words carefully. Go off. I Go don't off. I don't feel like it was useless. Sure. Sure. I don't feel like it's useless. Sometimes going through the motions of of these things can be very helpful. Yes. I think I think they do a good job pointing out the fact that it doesn't start working until your heart's in it. Like I think right. they do a good job kind of differentiating between going through the motions halfway through his heart's in it. He's really starting to care. I think there is something good to be taken away here. Definitely. That being said, <laughs> were they just trying to sell a book or something? Like, honestly, it just sure. felt clunky. It felt very clunky. You know, some of the scenes with his dad, right. like when his dad's standing against the cross and <laughs> the camera pans up with the nice <laughs> sun flare. <laughs> It's a slow I'm like, let's thing. let's telegraph this a little. <laughs> let let's pour a little more, you know, syrup on this, and mm. just yeah. get the spotlights out and point point at that cross, please. Yeah, you know, the I, I I agree. I think that the challenge itself, the work, is what's needed. I think. Well, that's kind of the whole thing. Speaking from you know, in what I work in, is that you know, when people are really struggling or there's some tension, the thing is work has to be put into it. So the idea is correct. And I I understand why they kind of show that he's really struggling in the beginning, but I feel like where I don't see is where he falls in love with her again or like recognizes his love again. I feel like it's more of like, I made a commitment to this challenge, so I got to pull through. Mm. Um, And I also think this is kind of in the challenges where we see some of the like manipulation a little bit. Mm dare I say. Sure, sure. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but I don't think the challenge itself is bad. I think there are really good lessons. You know, random acts of kindness, really like self-awareness, thinking, you know, like what are you feeling overwhelmed by what's getting in the way? But I, in the beginning of this challenge, he says, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm better than most. And that is like the thing a manipulator <laughs> would say. <laughs> like that is like the it cookie is. cutter phrase. Right. And, and he's going in this idea of like, well, you know, like, you know, I'm perfect. And I, I think right. he realizes, you know, like, no, he really has to put work in. But when, when all he does is take out his anger through like tearing apart his property, like that's that's where I'm a little bit concerned. Right. right. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Also, like it is nothing to pour your significant other a cup of coffee. I'm sorry. It's yeah, the but that easiest was, thing that was on such earth a good to do. Scene. <laughs> and, and he makes a big, like, I poured you a cup of coffee. I don't have time and he, like, for coffee. He rotates it so the handle's pointing yep. outward. And I, I think, no, I think it was good. And here's but, why. But I think it was like, nothing, yeah. hey, oh, pour a cup of coffee. Check. 
You know, like right. mm-hmm. a couple, uh, 39 more days of this, bingo. Like, I think it was good to show, oh, no, 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 no. This is this day one. It's not going to be that easy. You know, like, I feel right. like some of those things were important. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not all in on this love dare thing, but sure. I think the just forcing him to do things that are selfless, selfless acts, I think are important. I think, yeah. I think there is, there is something of value there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I think my least favorite part about that scene is that he he pours out the whole thing of coffee. Yeah. At the end, like, coffee. Do you not like coffee? Why'd you make that much if you coffee. don't like the coffee? <laughs> Unless he's getting that Folgers. But yeah. and the other thing I had a problem with was the flowers, and I think that was to show because I think in the moment I wrote my note, and then like watching the rest, it was kind of to show like his selfishness. But like, can you not like? Is it such a pain to spend money on your wife? Yeah. To buy her flowers that aren't like half dead yeah, you can get a nice dozen you can get a very nice dozen flowers for 25 dollars with a card so i mean come on mm-hmm. kirk like spend spend a that little was, more yeah and that was a bad i think that was a bad one to kind of because sh- you know there were 40 of them we only saw what tw- right. half a dozen to I, me to me, it'd be more powerful if it's the other way where he's just like, oh, I'm going to get the best flowers on earth. And it's just like, you can, yeah, it's like, what, what does the Bible say? Like, well, if you don't have love, it's like, it's a clanging go. gong. So kind of like, yeah, I thought it would have been way more powerful if he like got her the fancy coffee and the big teddy bear and the big flowers. And she's like, this is nothing. By default, what that was saying was, oh, if he had gotten the good flowers, maybe right. they would be back together by now. You know, I right. think you're right. right. I think that would have yeah. been a little more powerful. Yeah, and I, Pow- I powerful <laughs> in quotes. Powerful, powerful. <laughs> um, oh. like the idea that he still gets so frustrated that she's so defensive, right? Or he's learning that yeah, this is not easy. Uh, but he he keeps he keeps saying to his parents like, "I want peace. All I want is peace between us." Meanwhile, twenty minutes earlier, he like pinned her up against the wall and started screaming at her. Right. So, um, but all I want is peace. She's defensive because she she thinks that he wants the divorce too. Yeah. Now he's out of the blue doing things he hasn't done before. I understand why she's reacting. I think maybe you know she's going a little right. extreme with it, but I can understand why she's like, "I'm I'm not." What are you doing? This is not who I know. Because right. that's not what their marriage has been built upon. But granted, do we even know what their marriage was built upon because they didn't <laughs> right. tell us? Right. So I have one more question before we kind of we close out the segment here. Brandon, back when we did the God's Not Dead episode, you said something that has kind of stayed with me where you said um, a movie like God's Not Dead is actually dangerous. And, you know, when I watch a movie like Fireproof, I wonder... Is this movie dangerous? Hmm. I think it can be. I think yeah. here's my, here's kind of my biggest problem with the movie. You never leave your partner, especially in a fire. Is a, is a, is a troublesome statement. And I, and I think it works nicely as a double entendre between a marriage and a firefighter. Like I think it works like it fits kind of nice for this firefight. You know, it, it 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 fits nice in this scenario. I don't think it it is a very good basically, if if we're saying this a different way, you should stay together no matter what. Right. Is what this is what that statement is saying, which I don't think is a great message for a movie. 
I, I think there are situations in which you need to remove yourself from, from them. I think that those situations exist. I think a better message for, for the movie is there is no virtue in walking away when things get tough. It is, mm. it is virtuous to put in the time, to put in the work. These are good things. Good right. things can come out of the, especially if you have a good foundation in your marriage. Yeah. I, I feel like you never leave your part. Cause so she's sick. He brings her the Chick-fil-A noodle soup. God bless. <laughs> God bless Christian chicken. But oh boy. she asks him what has changed. And he right. said, and I was thinking all like immediately my head starts spinning. Like here's all the great things he could say. Uh, but he says, I just realized you never leave your partner. And I was like, that's terrible. That's yeah. Yeah. that's maybe the biggest letdown in this entire movie. Yeah. It all right. uh, We could hang all of the problems in the movie on that. You never leave your partner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't, you, you, you don't, uh, I don't even know. You don't love me. You don't, you're not trying to work things out. I made a commitment to marriage. And that's what we're going to do. We're, we're married. You know, it just, it didn't feel like a great message um, for marriage. Yeah. I, and I agree. And I would say, you know, I would, I would say like, there's no shame in walking away from, you know, an abusive relationship. You know, there's no shame in walking away from someone who's manipulative. And at the beginning of the movie, because, you know, I've never seen Kirk Cameron in the film be anything else. All I see is a man who's getting mad about his wife over nothing, who, as we've said a couple times, screams in her face while she's pinned against the wall and is, you know, just like not giving her the time of day. Yeah. I think that, you know, if that's what your relationship is, you, you know, it's in your best interest to not be there. So I think that, you know, maybe if we had seen their relationship work at some point, it might be a little different. Like in Marriage Story, for instance, the scene where Adam Driver and mm. Scarlett Johansson scream at each other, like it's, they're not doing great things, but you see how they got there and you understand like, yeah. okay, Adam Driver is not an abuser. Like he's, he said something and he's gone too far. Like he was wrong to do what he did. And he immediately recognizes. Right, and right. And Caleb... He does. He storms out of the room and like breaks some stuff. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like this is the sign of like a man that you should not be with. And again, like there is no shame in walking away from. There's no shame in walking away from that. You know. So I think in that sense, it could be a little dangerous. Let me real quick say that I do feel like he says some good things there. Sure, I, he sure. Identifies the fact that he's been selfish. Like he does say some things. I can't remember if it's there or if it's a little later. Doesn't matter. I think the thing that really bothered me was his his first line, which was you never I just realized you never leave your partner. And right. I think that is that was the problem because that's right. the message of the movie. Right, right. Divorce you, you is bad, him, yeah. period. You know, right. like that is that is the message here. And I don't feel like that is that is something Christians should be telegraphing. I think right. yes, I I I agree that divorce is is not good. Divorce is bad and you should work on your marriage and you should be putting time. These are good things. Right. I don't feel like divorce is bad period. Here's your movie. You know, like right. that's my right. thing. Yeah. Right. Right. I think yeah, I think this movie does not do a good job 
of explaining what I grew up believing Christian marriage was Mm. to be about togetherness and a union of one, where I feel like every single challenge in the love dare was you have to do something for her, which is a great thing and something that needs to be incorporated. But I think there's that balance of where are like the different things of like, yeah, make her dinner, buy her flowers, but where are you showing up? Maybe picking, offering to pick her up from work from day. Maybe even just saying, why don't we go to the grocery store together together and have a good time spending time with each other? You Mm. know, why don't you ask her about her friends? Ask her, you know, like Mm. ask her these other things or really they don't mention sex at all, which is like, you know, for- for he Christian, says that she. He, yeah. <laughs> you never, I sure don't get it from you. <laughs> there you yeah. go. That was it. That's that's it. And it's like, but like, um, it's part of it's part of marriage. It that, is. Yeah, we talk so of, yeah. much about that. Like, sex is between a married couple. Like, that's something you grow up hearing and kind of like mainstream Christian media and in your youth groups. And you know, aside from that, if you're saying that, why are you only mentioning it as like I don't get it? And I'm watching pornography when it's like. <laughs> You know, this right, is a part right, of a healthy right. marriage. This is part of a healthy relationship. And it's something that shouldn't be shied away from because this is the context where they're saying this is where it's right. So why don't you kind of lean into more of where this is right and not just leaving it at that? I think it it focuses too much on doing things for each other rather than getting to know the person as they are. Ooh. This love of a person, especially because we've, you know... They're worshiping a father who loves us so dearly, who knows us so well, so intimately, who knows all these intricate details about us only, you know, and for us to reflect that love to each other in this world, in all of our relationships and in the most intimate one, a marriage, you know, I feel like he knows nothing about her. Right. And, and, and he knows nothing about her family. He buys the stuff for her parents, but I think that's only because the doctor told him about it. Right. I, you know, and, and you don't see him ever say, how are your parents doing? Why don't I go visit your parents with you? You know, like it's just, it. Uh. Qu- quick. So quick, before we move into the manners, quick script doctoring, we go back to when he buys the flowers. What if he bought her the crazy expensive flowers? Right. And mm-hmm. she's like, this isn't good enough. And instead of at the end, he buys the mom the wheelchair. She shows up at the house like unexpected and he's there like taking care of the mom. You know what I mean? Like that'd be, cause again, it does seem like he didn't spend enough on the flowers, but when he spends enough on the hospital bed and the wheelchair, that's when he saves the marriage, you know? And I'm again, like it's, it's a beautiful thing that he does for the family. But I think, you know, again, like just making it about like, yeah, it's not about buying your spouse stuff. It's about, you know, and I don't want to say acts of service, but for some people, that's their love language. Right. And I do think that that's a part of relationships right. is, you know, like serving the person who you're with. Yeah. What yeah. a movie. And sorry, one more yeah, thing, yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so, I just wish they added him asking about her parents because it just makes him seem so careless, which I think the whole movie is trying to make it seem like he he's learning to care, but you never see him talk about it. And, you know, you never see him sit down and say, what can I, like, how can I listen to you? What do you want to share with me? You know, it's more kind of just like he's there with stuff, hoping she opens up. So, right. yeah. And I think maybe, you know, that could have just been fixed with better writing, you know, mm-hmm. if. Maybe I want to have dinner with my wife. <laughs> Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. 
Just like when they offered you sloppy joes with too many onions at your church's potluck, when I offer you more of fireproof, you will give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, uh, Brandon, if you've got your plate, uh, I'm ready to serve you some uh, sloppy joes. Would you like some? And I'm holding out my hand and saying, no more, Zach. No, thank you. Um, I think, once again, the church, the Christians have telegraphed a toxic message. I think, once again, we've done it. We've managed to again. <laughs> <And> once again. <laughs> it's a slow fade. Yes, sorry. I think, I think, I think we're getting... We're getting down the field with the ball a little bit, but we are fumbling and we're fumbling badly and we're actually doing damage. Like it's, it's a problem. You know, we, 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 this needs to, this needs to, you need to take 50 steps back, start with good theology. Then, then write your script. We need good theology here. Divorce is bad, period, is not good theology. It right. is not. It is not a good message to telegraph. Because for heaven's sakes, there are people who went to this movie and was like, well, let me start pouring those cups of coffee. You know, like, honestly, it was just like <laughs> yeah. there there was th- things done improperly because of this movie, I guarantee you. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous. So mm. for that reason, no more, please. All right. Um, Hannah, Brandon doesn't want the sloppy Joes. Can I offer you some? Goodness, no. I'm running to the kids' table to grab the Uncrustable and apple juice and running out the back. Um, I just, I, you know, I completely agree with what Brandon said. I think it's not good. I think it sends a toxic message. I don't want to get too much into where I think it's a little bit stereotypical um, in, you know, just gender stereotypes and and uh, bringing up those structures. But this idea of you want to get your wife to respect you, you got to do nice things for her. Mm. I know that's not the point of it, but that's kind of what I got from it, from what I saw. Um, Instead of let's work together, you know, we've to become one, right? Like that's what this whole part of marriage is about. Their vows, they're they're becoming one, right? And th- they seem so separated. Even when they like fall back in love, so to say, they still seem so separated to yeah. me. And yeah, I don't think it's a good representation of how you can work together and you know like pour into a marriage together. But you know, fireproofyourmarriage.com came out of it. So, <laughs> and that has tips on friendships too. So, it does. It does. <laughs> and it's gracious. still up for anyone listening. You can Google it. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I guess if I'm left with all the sloppy Joes, I will take them and throw them directly in the garbage. Um, oh. This movie, like, as a guy who loves movies, the acting is bad, the writing yeah. is bad. Yeah. There's not, there's a, there's like two scenes that are directed pretty well and both are involved with the firefighters like doing their jobs. Um, Mm -hmm. Aside from, aside from that, like there ain't much to this movie. I don't agree, you know, with a lot of what it has to say. And you know what? I think that there are better movies that you can watch in this same vein, like Marriage Story. (laughs) Watch Marriage Story instead of this movie, folks. But yeah, um... I'm trying to think of a good analogy here. My relationship with this movie is not fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a updated version of the game Yay or Nay, where 
Uh, you tell me if something is Christian or non-Christian. So for today's game, I have some titles of Christian movies, and I have some titles of romance novels. So I'm going to read you a title, and you're going to tell me if it is a Christian movie or a romance novel. So Brandon, Hannah, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number one, Christian movie or romance novel. Sweet Inspirations. Romance novel. Romance novel? I'm going to go Christian movie on this one. All right, what what makes you think? I don't know. I'm just I I think romance novel, so that's why I'm going with Christian movie. <laughs> Brandon, what makes you think? What makes you? Think? I was the exact opposite. I said that sound. It's kind of vanilla, so I feel like <laughs> that could be a romance novel. All right. Well, Sweet Inspirations is a Christian movie. Mm. No, why? <laughs> Well, I don't know anything about it. I shouldn't. Me neither. <laughs> I just looked. At, I just Googled. All right. <clears throat> the wedding date. Oh, man. These are so vague. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm flipping a coin on this one. The wedding date. Romance novel. We'll go two for two. Yeah, I'm going to go with romance novel as well. That is indeed a romance novel. Yeah. Good job. All right. Like a country song. Good Lord. <laughs> if that's a romance novel. Do you think it is? Like a country song. Yeah, I mean, I hope there's not a Christian movie named that. Hannah? My gut is telling me it's, it's a Christian movie. And it is a Christian no. movie. Goodness Why? gracious. <laughs> We may have to watch that one. No, no, no. Like a country song. Like a country song. They should be ashamed. I'm going to Google that one as soon as we're done. Yes, yes. <laughs> Love in the time of cholera. Ugh. <laughs> Love in the time of cholera. I'm going Christian movie on this one. All right, all right. I am, yeah. Romance novel. I'm not going to, I'm going to stick with my stride here. That is a romance yeah. novel indeed. All right. All right. We have we have three more. <clears throat> a Warrior's Heart. Oh, that's Christian. It's got Christian written all over yeah, it. Yeah, it, it really does. That indeed is Christian. <laughs> Absolutely right, two, it is. Two more, <laughs> two more. The Hating Game. The Hating? The Hating. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be an odd romance novel, right? Yeah, I feel like it sounds romance novel, which is why I want to say Christian movie. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go Christian movie. Christian movie. That is a romance novel. Okay, all right. Okay. The hating and, game. And finally, here we go with our last one. <clears throat> the bride test. Lord, the bride test. That shouldn't mm -hmm. exist no matter what it is. I know. I don't know. Oh, gosh. The bride test. Part romance novel. Yeah, part of me thinks it's a book. It's a movie. It's a book. It's, it's a, a book. romance. Okay. <laughs> it is a romance okay. novel. Yes. <laughs> Give me that look. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. That indeed is a romance novel. So thank you for playing. If you were playing along at home, why don't you let us know how you did yourselves? So anyway, folks, in conclusion, um, you have to rent Fireproof and pay that very expensive $3.99 on YouTube to watch it. And Goodness. if you have a Netflix account, Marriage Story 
is free. So, so instead of watching Fireproof, uh, go, go watch Marriage Story. It's, it's better. Adam Driver's in it. Uh, yeah, it's just it's all around. It's a better time, I guess, maybe. It's definitely a better film, though. Hannah Furman. Hannah yeah. Furman. Yes. Hannah Furman. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Thank you so much for your insight. Um, where can people find what you're up to or where can, are you, are, is there anything that you're currently working on? Well, I just want to say thank you for letting me on the show. It's such an honor to be on Godfellas. I don't know why it's like that, but <laughs> it is, I swear. Um, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. My username is Hannah Furman, Hannah fur man, like, you know, like a <laughs> animal's fur man. Um, and I like to share a lot about relationships on there. Um, so you can check me out there, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. That's, uh, Awesome. Awesome. And if you are curious about what we're up to, why don't you head over to our Facebook or our Instagram? We can be found at The Real Boys. That is the R-E-E-L boys. And if you want to engage with us a little bit further, we have a private Facebook group called The Real Lounge. So if that's something that you're interested in, Mm -hmm. definitely let Mm -hmm. us know. You get a more in-depth look at our shows and uh, you get to be involved in some more kind of behind-the-scenes conversations, which is very fun. And also, if you like this show, uh, why not leave us a five-star rating and review? I know that a lot of podcasts ask that, but it actually really does help us. And, uh, you know, words of affirmation, folks. And Mm. if you didn't like the show, then, you know, maybe just keep that to yourself. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, But, no, we're always looking to improve. We're always looking to get better. And, uh, again, you know, we've been doing Godfellas for almost a year And it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy. So many of you have reached out and uh, just really had some really interesting things to say. And we want to let you know that we see you, we hear you, you're powerful, you're strong, and we just absolutely love engaging with all of you. But until next time, when we'll be talking about the Nicholas Sparks classic, A Walk to Remember, which is going to be a lot of fun, Until then, we have been the Godfellas. I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Brandon. And I've been Miss Hannah. Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never alone.